Soccer La Duma Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are still tuned in to Soccer La Duma Radio. Uh, tonight we'll be discussing, I mean this afternoon, I'm saying tonight we'll be discussing uh, Pule Extend. We had uh, a gen- we have a general here today uh, with us, Uma Sebe. Okay, now I have to welcome him into our studio. Uh, Budma Sebe, uh, welcome to Soccer La Duma Live. How are you? Ah, very well, thanks, man. How are you doing? Good ah. to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good to be here. Uh, some of these gentlemen, I grew up reading their articles, but I'm sitting here with them to, um, this afternoon. Um, but Masebe, you ran a story uh, this um, Wednesday uh, with regards to Upule Exten. He said quite a lot. He said quite a lot in his story. Uh, we also had a chat with uh, Ufarukan, um, a former development coach at Kaiser Chiefs uh, with uh, regards to Upule Exten. Uh, I think we'll have to play uh, our interviews with our interview with him before we welcome Uma Sebekina onto the show. Sokala Duma Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now we've got uh, former Kaiser Chiefs Youth Development Coach on the line, Mr. Farouk Khan. Farouk, welcome to Sokala Duma Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? Ah, we are fine. We are fine, Mr. Farouk. Uh, Farouk, look, um, you were at Kaiser Chiefs for a very long time, especially at their youth development team. Uh, you produced good players such as your Pilani Kubeka, your Gerald Sibeko, who went on and became uh, big-name players at the club. During your time at the club, how were these players, I mean, how were those players welcome to the senior team? Well, I think the welcoming was uh, very, very positive. I think uh, at the time, the relationship that I had with the first team coach, Mushina Etigral, was such where the players were made to feel welcome. They were well received by everybody. And they were well-developed players. They were completely able to make the transition from the academy to the first team. They just didn't go to the first team and sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. Mushin was able to use Isaac Mabotsa, Tlantla Kubeka, uh, Gerald Sibeko, um, Jabu Pule, and the list is endless of the players that he was able to use. Uh, uh, Sikakani was also a player that stood out. So these players just didn't go there to the first team and make up the numbers. They played an active role uh, in, in, in the first team. Sure. Now, um, when it comes to these players being treated, you spoke about your relationship with coach Mushin Echugral at the time. Now, these players going from the development to the senior team, how did the club treat them as compared to those so-called uh, senior players, if I should put it that way? Well, they were treated fairly. They were uh, they were given uh, the respect that they deserve based on their performance. I think they were welcomed by players like Shoes Michel later on. They were welcomed by the senior players like Cyril and Zama. I think the welcoming was 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 very positive, and you know they they earned the respect of the senior players because they were well developed players. They were developed to an extent where they didn't struggle to make the grade. In fact, the transition was very smooth. They were, they were, they were, they were, they were such where the the senior players uh, uh, gave them all the the, the 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 advice that they needed, and they grew with the first team players. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm asking you this question, Farouk, because um, we spoke to Pule Exten on our newspaper earlier during the week. Um, he said some quite a few interesting things about the development players, the Chiefs, and how they are being treated and how they are made to feel at Kaiser Chiefs. Did you read that story, Farouk? I read the story and it, it was quite uh, quite a surprise to me that that was the case because from my experience, 
Chiefs is a very well professionally run team. They run the the matters or the 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 the, the team in a very professional manner, and that comes from the top, from Kaiser. He insists that everybody gets treated with respect and fairness. I've never had an incident where you know play, players were treated differently. I don't know when players are on their own what they get up to, mm-hmm. but in our presence as technical staff, in our training, it was always a case of mutual respect. Yeah, now with you being um, the head um, uh, uh, during that time, did you ever hear or experience something like this while you were still at the club, Farouk? No, I never experienced that. Okay, players will always have their own differences. You'll always have players uh, not agreeing on everything, but that's normal. Even with professional players, you have your differences, but they settle it amicably. You know, there's no, there's no, nothing held against uh, each other. There's no, no gripes, no grudges whatsoever. So, you know, those things you must expect in football where uh, not everybody is going to like everybody at one time or the other, but you work together, you are professionals, and you work out and you, you work your differences out, uh, you know, individually and collectively. There's, there's nothing that uh, you, can, you, can, you can say was, uh, 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 you know, but uh, uh, how can I say, hatred for each other or sure. disappointment for each other. It was, they were very amicable. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say the results proved it. We had so, so many positive results that you could only do that if the team was in harmony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Farouk, just one last question before I let you go. Um, as a development coach uh, during at that time, though, um, how did you make sure that uh, players coming through uh, from the development to the senior team are settled? Did you have some sort of a relationship? You mentioned this earlier, uh, even with the communication with the senior coaches regarding things. I mean, these youngsters were uh, promoted at the time. Look, there was a very good relationship I had with Machine. Machine used to come watch my trainings. And uh, in fact, when Machine invited me to come across, it was a time when Patrick Mbutu and Chabu went AWOL and the team lost the league by a point and he asked me please to come across because there were so many players from the academy that were playing in the first team. If I would come and I took the opportunity with both hands, I think he gave me a very good opportunity to, to grow into coaching in the professional ranks. And what I must say is the players as such, were, were well-developed players. I think currently we have a problem in that we're always pointing fingers at establishments, at clubs and coaches without ensuring that the player is properly developed. No coach, no coach will leave out a player because he's from development. No coach. I can remember when Jabu Pule was promoted. He immediately made an impact. Now, if you look at, I know XT mentioned the salary thing. If you look at Jabu, sure. he made sure that the, that the club realized his value and rewarded him accordingly. Mm-hmm. If you look at Pule and everybody's up about Chiefs not paying him the salary once, let me ask you a question. Sure. If you look at the number of games he played versus the goals he scored sure. versus the, 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 the assist he made, do you think it justifies the amount of money once? In fairness, we have to be fair to the club as well. Sure. He hasn't done enough for them to pay him the salary once. Even if he's a crowd favorite, it doesn't interpret into him being a player that is contributing to the extent of what he wants to earn. You know, young players must understand one thing. When they're given an opportunity, they took him from a mind team at 20 years old. Mm. What can you develop with a player of 20? Very little. You can only do so much to improve him because his development cycle has come close to an end. So, if he was 16 or 17, yes, then you could expect that they had more time to work with him. So they could only improve. He's a very technically good, gifted player, very explosive player. But tactically, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Decision-making 
has to be improved. Goal scoring has to improve. So when you look at it from that perspective, if you're sitting in that seat and you have a player who's contributed X, but he wants Y, you've got to consider and say, is he worth the money that he wants? And to be quite fair, I don't think he, he, he was worth 100000 a month based on his performance. Because if you look at him, he's 28 years old. What more can they do to further develop him? Only so much. I think under... Under under uh, uh, under Mirandol, he would have improved as a player technically, but it would have taken a while for him to reach the level of what he expects. And you can't compare his salary to the players that he brought from outside. Those players have gone, they established themselves, and that is why Chiefs have signed them. He came from the development. If Chiefs didn't sign him from the mines, he would have probably still been playing somewhere else. You understand? But given this platform, I think in fairness, Pulas should have persevered and proven himself on the field. And I'm quite certain if he had done that, Chiefs would have increased his salary to what he wanted. Wow. Mr. Farouk, I guess I will have to let you go, my good sir. You've given me all the answers that I wanted. Uh, thank you so much for your team. Any words that you want to pass out uh, to uh, Coach Peter Mosimane? He's got a very important game with, uh, for Sundowns tomorrow against Vidat. Any message of support to Sundowns? Well, I, I think Sundowns is not only representing themselves, they're representing the country. I think what Coach Pizzo has done has proven that local coaches have what it takes to to, to, to make the grade uh, in, in Africa as he's done now, without a doubt, the brand of football that they play. I think we have to really compliment him, compliment the team, compliment President Motsepi for making it possible that he has given him the tools and has given him the time and the, and, and, and the opportunity to achieve the success. Let's hope that they give uh, with that, uh, a, a, good, a good football lesson tomorrow and let's hope that they go through and represent us uh, for the second star for Sundowns. Yeah, Farouk, thank you so much for your time, my good sir, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll chat soon. Soccer Duma Radio. Right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Farouk Khan. He's a former head of development right there at Kaiser Chiefs. Now, to talk, tell us more on this story, we had a gentleman uh, who conducted an interview with Pule Extin this past, I mean, this uh, Wednesday. Uh, Clint, um, you sh I'm sure you read the story. Uh, what did you make of the story and what do you make of what Farouk Khan is saying about uh, Kaiser, uh, what is happening at Kaiser Chiefs in the development and Pule Extin? Yeah. Shane, thank you, and thank you to all the listeners that are that are tuned in and listening to the story. Um, firstly, to Masebe, one of the best interviews I've read in Sokoluduma in a long time. Yeah. So congratulations. A lot of people think this Q&A is, is quite easy, uh, but uh, certainly getting people to talk, especially a, a former Kaiser Chiefs player to talk to Sokoluduma was a massive coup for the readers, and I, and I hope everyone appreciated uh, the length that you went to, to to make that happen. So well done. Um, an excellent, excellent interview. You can hear the emotion. You can hear the sadness um, uh, coming out of this guy. Um, when you had him on the line, what was the overriding e emotion? Uh, it, it sounds like he's disappointed to leave Kaiser Chiefs in this way, a club that he's done so much service for. And yes, Chiefs have done a lot for him. Uh, but 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 what was the the mood of the interview when talking to him? Um, uh, thank you, thank you, Clint, uh, for for that wonderful intro, and uh, thank you, Shane, and uh, and Simon. Yeah, um, when I spoke to uh, Pule, um, I, I must I must I must say uh, that uh, he was very 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 disappointed. That's that's one thing I, I picked up uh, from talking to him, and. Um, 
um, he, he was just honest. He was just honest about everything I asked. And uh, he, 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 he sounded to me like he was still in disbelief. It, it, it was like um, it was a dream. Uh, but what I'm happy about is that um, he was still uh, able to give us uh, the answers uh, that I was looking for. So, yeah, um, it, was, it was a very sad interview and emotional. Okay. Um, he seems surprised at, at what developed um, here. Um, in his eyes, clearly he feels he's done enough at the club to um, establish himself as a recognised player, as one, an entertainer, which the Chiefs fans want, which the uh, which is South African soccer fans want, so he ticks that box. Uh, he hasn't given them any trouble. Um, I, I know Farouk Khan spoke of Jabu Pule Namaklangu uh, back in the day, and certainly, yes, they rewarded Jabu, but certainly there were issues with Jabu um, while he was at Kaiser Chiefs. Um, that didn't seem to happen with Eckstein to, to, to that extent. He was a good professional. Um, he's 28. We're talking about uh, a kid who's joined at 20, but let's be honest, at 28 as a, as a player in his position... He's looking at possibly his last big move. So he's looking for a big signing on fee. He's looking to set him up, set himself up financially. Does it sound like he was being greedy? Does he does he sound ashamed of asking what he was asking for? Does he feel like he was in his rights to ask what he was asking for? Yeah, um, he, he he believes that what he was asking for um, is what he deserved. Uh, he says to me um, this season. Uh, when he looked at his contribution to the club, um, it was probably his best since he started playing for Kaiser Chiefs. And uh, the understanding he had with Coach Ernst Middendorf when he arrived um, on how he wanted him to play and uh, contribute to the team, he says uh, the coach was um, impressed and he was satisfied uh, with the progress and uh, he was looking forward to starting a new season with the coach um, as we all know that uh, the coach joined halfway through so I was looking for that so that he can start afresh and then be a part of uh, the coach she's team and uh, the plans going forward and um, he, he, he said to me like he wasn't asking for much he, he, he was asking for a raise and uh, the club wasn't prepared to 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 meet him halfway and uh, so um, the, 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 there is a point here in the interview that where he says um, he says to me um, he 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 the, the the money he was asking for um, wasn't that much. He was just saying, okay, but I, um, I, I, I can't be on the same salary that I was yeah. on in the in the in the previous contract. So all I'm asking for is a raise so that I can continue. So yeah. Without breaking away from what you're saying, but Masebe, uh, did he mention uh, the amount of money he was looking for at Kaiser Chiefs, uh, stuff like that? No, no, no. Um, uh, I think that one, let, 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 let us leave it out because sure. he also, he also yeah, yeah, because of the confidentiality of, sure. <laughs> of things like that, uh, we can't, uh, I'm not prepared to say it because, yeah. Okay, let, let, let me jump in here because let's be sure. honest, in South African football, unlike in the rest of the world, sure. there is so much secrecy around money in this league and you've got to start asking questions, why is there no transparency in what players earn? In Europe, we know what Pogba was bought for and sure. we know what he's earning on a weekly basis. 
Um, in Spain, we know what Messi's new contract, what he's asking for and what he's earning on a weekly basis. Why is it in South Africa that these numbers are not made available? Hmm. Uh, because at the end of the day, soccer is entertainment um, and money causes, causes excitement. We want to know who is the highest paid player in the league. When it comes to uh, figures, I believe Farouk Khan himself mentioned in the interview there that 100,000 was too, was too much for, uh, f- uh, for a player like Ekstein. Um, if you look in our Sia Gaborza section of the paper this week, the speculation is, is that uh, Ekstein was on around 50,000 K a month, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, he was offered in the region of 60,000, so 10,000 more. As a, as a possible last big contract, I would assume if those are in fact the, 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 the figures that 10,000 is not that big a jump for someone who, who it's a short, short career. He was looking for 100,000 a month. And if we look at some of the highest earners in the PSL at clubs, there are uh, players earning between 200 and 300,000 a month. So for a player like Eckstein in his prime, uh, who's got a lot to offer, who clearly was in Coach Mindenhoek's plans, he said, Coach Mindenhoek, in his interview, am I, if, if I'm correct, Masebe, Coach Mindenhoek came to him and said, the management don't want me to play you because of the contract issue. Yeah, I said that, yeah. However, I need you. I want you mm. to play. Mm. So the coach clearly wanted him. So that's a, let's tick the box. Does the coach want you in your team? Yes, he does want you in the team. There also seems to be a very special relationship between Eckstein and Bobby Mutong before contract was discussed. To the point where Eckstein says, I looked for Bobby on the stands yes. uh, when I scored a goal. Me and him had a relationship. Now, you, don't, you can't just be a squad player or an average player sure. to be able to go up to a guy like Bob Stake and say, let's have this bet together. There's got to be a special relationship. So which means Bobby respected him and he respected Bobby. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, this was clearly a case of a player knowing his worth, but not being valued by the club at the same level. Um, I've also got to ask question marks around why he would have gone in on his own to, to sign his release papers. I would, have, I would have liked the agent to have been with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to do that as a player on your own. Sure. Yeah, um, so, yeah. um, and, and I think thinking back, maybe the agent possibly feels maybe he should have been there to protect his player a little bit more or just give him a bit of moral support. Um, but yeah, that's with regards uh, the, the question to, to the numbers that they were talking, um, if, if our sources are anything to go by, Shan. Yeah. As discussed by Clint Roper and Ubud Masebe Kleiner. And now, Dave, join us. Dave, just walk into the room. Uh, those are the two big men there in Biva Nazo and also Ulunga Adam. Like I said earlier, these are the men that I grew up reading their interviews. They are here. I'm sitting with them right here in studio. We'll hear from them a little bit later in the show. Uh, but... Gentlemen, I think that should be it for this story of uh, Pule Ekstein. I think now we should move on because of time to the game between Sundowns and Vidal Casablanca uh, for tomorrow at Lucas Moripa Stadium. Okay, we're still here. Tune into Sokala Duma Radio live on a Friday. Now, um, earlier on in the show, we introduced, we spoke to former Mamelodi Sundowns goalkeeper. He was the number one goalkeeper. He was in pose when Mamelodi Sundowns lost to Al Ali back in 2001. And that is John Tale. But before we move on to his interview, we have in studio Ubud Ulunga Adam. Budlunga, welcome to Sokala Duma Radio Live. Kunja Nibud. Uh, all good, all good, Buti. Nice to be here and speaking to the uh, uh, listeners. 
Budlunga, this is a big game. This is a big game. And if you remember correctly, this is not the first time that Mamelodi Sundowns uh, have been required to come from behind. Uh, we'll remember their game back in 2016 against uh, AS Vita. The game which they won. Many fans who are saying it was through the back door. Uh, the 2-1 loss uh, at home and also uh, the 1-0 loss yeah, at home at Lucas Mor- Moripa Stadium. Now, Sundowns are faced with a daunting task of overcoming that 2-1 deficit against Vidal Casablanca. Do they have the legs to run 90 minutes tomorrow and produce a performance that they produced against Al-Ali a week, uh, few weeks ago? I definitely think so. Maybe not uh, in, you know, in the same vein as the Al-Ali game where we will see five goals or so, but I think they have it in them. And you got to look at the at the plan and how Pizza plans for opposition and also how he manages his team with the tight schedule that they've got. So I do believe that he'll come up with the right starting lineup in line with the game and what they want to achieve on, on, on Saturday. Now, you are a coach, Pizza Mosimane. You are faced with this huge, huge game. Uh, they played a game on Wednesday against Black Leopards and uh, there was a pairing uh, in that midfield of uh, Nascimento and Umusa Lebusa. Um, when you're playing this kind of game, an all-important game, do you still stick with that lineup that you played with uh, against Black Leopards, or do you bring in now the big boys like Yoane Arendser to lead the pack uh, going into this game? I think I would go for experience more than anything else. Sure. Players who have experienced the situations like this, especially in African competition and the um, Wayne Arendser is one of those guys that I think should be there. Maybe even though um, the boy that you mentioned, Libusa, did well in the sure. first leg. I think I would I, 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 I would sacrifice him for for um, Wayne Arendse because he brings more to the team. Especially also uh, when you look at the attack, when they when, when in terms of set pieces up front. So I would that that's the one major change that I would make in the team. Sure. Now and also looking at this Mamelodi Sundowns team, uh, this is uh, the same team that went on uh, back in 2016 because starting from the goals, Denis Onyango was there back in 2016. Mm-hmm. He's still there. Uh, you've got your back four of uh, Tebu Holangaman, of uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ricardo Nascimento, of Wayne Arense. They are still there. Your midfield pivot of uh, Ushlompo Kekana and Umabunda, they are still there. Your Lafour is still there. The only people who are not there is just Kama Billiard. Uh, it's Lafour who is injured, I think. And there's also Upesita, who is also not there. But majority of those players who won this title for Sundowns are still there. Will that work in favour of Sundowns or will the, the experience of Vidal, because they are also former champions, they won it just after Sundowns won it. Uh, this will be uh, an interesting, huge, huge game. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, and I think that would also stand Sundowns in good stead because these players know each other very well and they've formed a bond on the field. And they, I mean, most of them are leaders in their own right. You've got Kekana who can lead, you've got Mabunda, you've got uh, Ngonga, they've mm. got ex- tons of experience. So I think, uh, you know, come Saturday, that's what, that's what will send them in, in good stead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we also had a chat uh, with former Mamelodi Sundowns goalkeeper, that was John Tale. He was there, like I said earlier, when they lost to Al Ali back in 20, 2001. Yeah, yeah, he was also there. Uh, we, this is how his interview went. Soccer Duma Radio.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, now on the line we've got Romelu de Sundowns, legend. He was the goalkeeper uh, during that final first leg in Pretoria and the second leg right there in Cairo versus Al Ali. On the line we've got John Tale. Uh, but John, welcome to Sokala Duma Radio. How are you doing? Hey, I'm well, my brother. And you? Ah, very well, very well, Budam. Uh, but uh, a fixture that looks difficult on paper, but this team, that Sundowns, they can overcome this Villa Casablanca tomorrow. Yeah, possibilities are there. No reason being now they're playing at home. They'll have a crowd behind them, you know. And what I can tell you is that uh, I think uh, they must just have to, to attack from the word go. And they must make sure that they get that early goal that unsettle the opponents, you know, in order for the opponents to open up because they'll try to attack to get more goals and then that's when they'll, they'll punish them. Sure. You were once in a similar position back in 2001, I remember uh, vividly, but you guys were on the front foot against the Angolan team, uh, Petro Atletico, but they now known as Petro de Luanda. You led 2-0 here at home, but almost gave away the lead in Angola a week later, losing 2-0, yeah. uh, winning on penalties. You were the one who was saving some of those penalties. How did you guys do it and how can this one really Sundowns overcome this 2-1 deficit against Vidal Casablanca tomorrow? Yeah, like I said, you know, uh, they need to get an early goal to uh, in order to unsettle Casablanca. And then you know what happened? Casablanca will want to attack because of if they end up the score, if it's uh, uh, what you call it, maybe they score, they, they, they don't concede at home. It's going to put them under pressure. They'll be winning because of they scored away from home, you know. So if they score one year, they need one year, they'll be they'll, they'll, they'll go through. So it's going to unsettle Casablanca and then immediately and they're already unsettled them. They're going to play a different uh, board game. And then that's where Sundowns will get an advantage to punish them because of their playing at home. Like I said, the crowd will be behind them, you know, and uh, you know, everything is possible for them, you know, to, to get the result. So, Budam, uh, you guys are the legends at the Mamelodi Sundowns team and you guys made it to the final back in 2001. This team has made it back in 2016. They won the competition. They're now in the semi is on the brink of making yet another final. Do you guys maybe sit down as legend and advise this current crop of players or do you maybe feel like uh, they done it better than you guys? How is it going? <laughs> no, you know, uh, I think they've got a, a management that always speaks to them, you know. Uh, as much as I'm not I'm not a part of the team now, I, I don't know what's going on when they're there, but they uh, always communicate with Mambush and other, other guys, you know. But I don't know how they, they operate so far. But one, one thing that I can tell you is that uh, please make sure that everything is there, settled down, is there, you know, you make the players to settle, you know, it doesn't put them under pressure. And immediately if you're not under pressure, that's when you can give your best, you know, in, in, in the field of play. But when I put it, how different is this current uh, crop of players of Sundowns as compared to your generation when you were playing back in 2001? What's the difference between your generation and this current team of Sundowns? You know, if I want to compare, it will be unfair to compare because of uh, the style of football is not the same like before, you know. And you look at the players that are playing uh, uh, lately. They are not the same players that they, they used to play before. Like, I'll make an example of al Akli. You know, everyone knew that al Akli was one of, one of the best uh, teams. No one never uh, never, uh, did not know that uh, one day they lose five zero to Sundowns, you know. So it tells you there's a difference, you know, then and now, you know. So it's a bit, uh, bit quite difficult for me to compare those uh, uh, you know, that old times and now. Yeah. Before I let you go, your prediction for tomorrow's game, Vida, Sandals? Yeah, Sandals going to score three. So. And then Oida's going to go one. Score one. <laughs> okay. Three one in favor of Sandals, yes. Stop, stop. Budam, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure, man. Thanks, Sokala Duma Radio.
You are still tuned in to Sokala Duma Radio. It is a Friday. Clint, we heard what Ujon Tale said about this game. He's a legend. He's been there. He's ran this race with Mamelodi Sundowns. He's been to the final, but he fell in the last hurdle. But these current group of players, they know all about this Kev Champions League. What do you think about what John Tale said about this current team and compared to their generation? Yeah, look, there's no doubt that um, Sundowns of the past were an unbelievable club with an unbelievable crew of players, legends, uh, and, and, and so many names that came out of that generation and dominated um, in the PSL. Um, but I think the modern-day Sundowns, I think what they have that not very many other teams in the PSL have and not very many teams on the continent have is a Pizzo Musumane. Mm. You've got to take your hat off to this guy. He's done it at various teams, teams with not a lot of money, smaller teams, and he's now done it at a big team. And we've seen with the likes of Mourinho and now even uh, Ole at, at United, sure. just because you've got a lot of money and just because you've got star players doesn't mean you get the team to perform. Here's a guy who, in the PSL, is fighting on multiple fronts um, and doing well. And, um, and while a lot of people are going, well, this game's got away from, uh, from sundowns, we forget they just need a 1-0 win mm. to go through. They got the away goal. That was their main, that was their main objective. Um, yes, it would have been great to come away uh, with, a, with a draw. They lost the game, but they got the away goal. Um, and in this f- uh, format, that's vital. I think they have enough about them to go and get the, the, the one goal. If they do happen to concede, they've got enough about them, as we saw against Al-Akhli, sure. to score a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth. They do have that firepower. Um, I like what the club's doing as well. They are saying to South Africa, yes, this is a sundowns team, but it's a South African flag that we're flying. Sure. And I see Pitsos uh, in particular likes to make this about a South, South Africa uh, on, on the continent, and it's important for us. And it's also great to see um, Alex Shikwane coming on board, saying to, uh, to, to South African soccer fans, whether you're a Sundowns fan or not, come in yellow, we'll let you into the stadium. Sure. Um, or I think it's 20 Rand if you don't come in a Sundowns shirt. So they're, they're looking to fill the stadium, get people excited about Champions League football. Um, and I think we'll hear from Alex a, a little bit later. But certainly the Sundowns fans, I believe, are very excited about this one as well. Yeah. Talking about the Mamadi Sundowns fans, last night we sent out to our socials for the voice message from Mamadi Sundowns fans uh, so they can send in their voice notes, uh, send in their words of encouragement, their words of support to their team. And this is what they had to say. I'm Fusi Matibula from Ekangala. Uh, I would like to wish all the best to my team, Mamiluji Sundowns, on Saturday at Lucas Masterpieces Muripi Stadium. Uh, I just want to say, please, uh, my players, just be ruthless in front of goals. And please make sure that uh, you keep uh, your concentration level always on high. P- please concentrate more. Yeah, Kabuyelo, 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 Kabuyelo. We'll take it, we'll take it. From an Orlando Parades fan and a proud South African, I would like to take this moment and wish Imamilite Sundowns all the best in their attendance in the Champions League. Make us proud, make South Africa proud, and do yourself a favor. Make yourself proud because I know you want this more than anyone. You, the players, you, the management, all you, the team. You want this more than us. So as South Africa, we wish you all the best, Mamelodi Sundowns. Kaboyelo, we love you. Represent South Africa. This is Changisa from David in, uh, in Johannesburg. It's not a question of what Sundowns need to do 
but a question of what is facing Wydad in order for them to get to the final. Firstly, they'll be playing at 1,335 meters above sea level. Kickoff time is at 1,500 hours in Pretoria. No team outside of South Africa has ever won a game against Sundowns playing at that time of the day. That is over 63 CAF games in total. Every, every opposition has failed to win. So why that would be faced with that daunting task in front of them? And if they can overcome that, then they would be deserved uh, winners. I think it is pretty much as straightforward, as simple as that. Sundowns are a formidable unit when it comes to playing at home and having had the away goal, which they so much craved, a one nil win is enough. And you always know that in Pretoria, as Peter will say, there are goals in Pretoria. And he has promised a minimum of three goals. So it's going to happen. So, so why they will have to come out and play at some stage. And if they try to do that, they will be punished. Thank you. And that was the Mamelodi Sundowns fans uh, voicing their, their opinions, voicing their support towards their team. Now, we also had Alex Sakwane, who had a lot to say about this match, towards um, uh, also about the Mamelodi Sundowns, about the free entrance into the stadium. Like Clint said, if you are wearing yellow, you are going into free. But if you are wearing any color other than yellow, you will have to pay 20 rand. And this is how our interview with Alex Sakwane goes, went. Mamelodi Radio. Radio. Sundowns is, is writing a history book. You've got to be part of that history. Now, the only way you can be part of that history is when you attend this game. After Saturday's game, we will have qualified for the final. If we qualify for the final and you are not there, you, you are not a Sundown supporter. I'm urging all supporters to come in big numbers. We as Mamelodi Sundowns Football Club, we have invited uh, all soccer-loving people of this country to come let in yellow. Those are the people who will be allowed free uh, entry in the stadium on, on Saturday. But also those who, who will be wearing the, the other colors of their, of their respective teams will pay half the price, which is 20 rands. We are also having artists to perform on the day. We have Bo Malinga, we have Bo Kasper, we have Bo Doctor. A couple of top artists and DJs will be performing on the day. So what's important is for people to come early because the match starts at 3 o'clock. So the performances will start much earlier. So after the game, there will be no performance. So if you miss coming earlier, you'll be missing out on the artists who will be performing on the day. M- Mr. Goldfingers, um, how ready are the boys and how prepared is the coach uh, going into the second leg against Vidat? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable if you can see the mood of the players. I mean, those who have seen the the, the Leopard Sundowns game will, will, will tell you that Sundowns players are used to playing back-on-back games. We have been doing this for the past five years. So the, so the players know what is expected from them. So we are focusing on the game. We, we just need to focus on, on the preparation and winning the games. And the boys are geared up and they are ready. And I can tell you, as professionals, Come, come Saturday, you'll be surprised at what you're going to see. Yeah, Mr. Goldfinger, just one last question. What is your message to those supporters um, who are, are feel like they were hard done by, if I can say, um, with that loss of 2-1 um, just a week ago? They, they should take comfort of the fact that Sundowns has scored one goal away. Sure. 
Sundowns has never scored a goal against Wyatt mm. away. And they, they should take comfort of the fact that when playing at Lucas Masterpieces Miripa Stadium in attitude, Sundowns will always score. There's never a time when we don't score when playing an international game at Lucas Maripa. Sure. So the only thing is how many goals we're going to score, but we are going to score. And we did break the ice by scoring an away game goal when we played against Wydad in, in Morocco. Sure. Good luck, Mr. Shakwane, uh, on the game on Saturday. Thank you, my man. Thank you for, for wishing as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Soccer like Duma Radio. That is Mamelodi the Sundowns BRO. It's Alex Goldfingers Shakwan telling us more about this Mamelodi the Sundowns game. We heard uh, a lot from him. We heard a lot from John Clarley. We heard a lot from uh, the Mamelodi the Sundowns fans regarding this game. Now, before I move on to the uh, to the UEFA Champions League, I need to just to take the predictions uh, for tomorrow's game: Sundowns versus Vidat. Clint, let me start with you. Sundowns versus Vidat. Two no Sundowns. <laughs> David, Sundowns. Three one Sundowns. Put Viva. 2-1 Sundowns. All right. All these gentlemen here, they've got all uh, their score predictions set up for tomorrow's game. Now we'll change the tune and we go to and talk about the UEFA Champions League and we'll welcome David Kapel. Yeah, thanks, Shane. Um, first time on the show live with you. Um, it's a pleasure chatting to you. Hello to our readers, listeners. Um, yeah, what an amazing two games we look back at. Um, Ajax against Tottenham Hotspur. Um, the young guns came out, uh, guns blazing at uh, London Stadium and um, came away with a crucial victory. Um, Barcelona against Liverpool. You know, it was arguably one of the best games I've seen over the last two years. Um, and of course, Barcelona had Messi on top of his game. Yeah. You know, uh, talking about these two games, it started all at uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Tottenham Hospitals versus Ajax Amsterdam. Then it went on to the big game of Liverpool and uh, in Barcelona. Many people, there's still second leg to be played and this game is still wide open, but many people are talking about Johan Cruyff. They're saying wherever he is, he is smiling down. He is hoping for a Barcelona Ajax Amsterdam final. Yeah, everyone is talking about the Johan Cruyff final, you know, and right now it's looking good. I mean, Ajax got a crucial away win at Spurs. Um, they look very, very comfortable. Um, they have knocked out Real Madrid. They have knocked out Juventus. They play football the right way. Um, they're the youngest team left in the comp- competition. Um, they've spent the least money, but they just don't seem to be faced about it. You know, they have a great unit. It's almost the same players that lost two years ago against um, Manchester United in the Europa League final. But they kept on going and they look very strong. Barcelona, on the other hand, um, I don't think they will give away a 3-0 lead against Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool... Um, played a very, very good game. Sure. But when they conceded the goals, it was against the run of play. And I don't think they can come back from a 3-0 against this Barcelona side. Yes, they've lost um, 3-0 last year at Roma. But I think they've learned from this mistake. Um, Messi said in the beginning of the season, they want to win the Champions League this year. They want to be the ones that dethrone Real Madrid, who've won it you know, the last three years in a row. So I don't think they will give it away. Yeah, this is an Ajax team uh, that beat big teams uh, on their way to this semi-final. Remember, they beat Real Madrid. They beat teams like Juventus. Now uh, they are on their way to beating Tottenham Hotspurs. Clint, a huge, huge game. Barcelona, Liverpool. Yeah, look, the, the, the Barcelona-Liverpool game, I think in the end, for those who watched it, um, maybe the score was a little flattering for, for Barcelona because certainly for about 20 or 30 minutes in the second half, I thought that Liverpool 
actually bossed the game. Mm. Uh, they were able to um, to have a lot of possession, have a lot of the ball, um, and um, it, it was interesting that that you have Barca, who usually uh, uh, are, are, are very selfish with possession, playing on the counter to a certain extent for for both their second and uh, the third goal was obviously just unstoppable, world class. Uh, but it could have been it could have been four uh, right at the death as well, again on the counter attack, which is uh, it just shows you the versatility of of the team. Um, I tend to agree with David. I think. Against any other team, Liverpool might have a chance. Um, but they will be very cognizant of the fact that they're still fighting for the league title. Um, and depending on, on what happens and injuries and squad selections, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the second leg. Um, do they put out their strongest team and chase the game um, or not? Um, Mohamed Salah, uh, Salah um, against the post in, in, in from about six yards out. How often do we blame PSL strikers for not being able to finish? But there we see one of the best players in the world doing it. So that was quite interesting to watch. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's, it's exciting times. Um, I think what was interesting is that I th- uh, the newly crowned best player in the EPL, um, uh, Liverpool's uh, defender, um, after the game um, said that there is no solution to Lionel Messi. Um, and he's just glad he doesn't have to play against him more than in the Champions League uh, and that he doesn't have to be in Spain. And I think it's just such an honor to watch this uh, this Messi story continue to grow and unfold um, uh, and be around for that. And as, as well as Ronaldo, who's probably watching that and, and licking his lips at the next Champions League campaign because he wanted to do the same. For me, the story of the of the Champions League is this young Ajax team. Um, and, and I truly think they've got a chance if they get past uh, Spurs to, to do the job. It's just so exciting to see youngsters with passion, with that much technical ability, go and show the rest of the world uh, what soccer should look like. Um, as Dave said, not a lot of money um, spent on them. It's, a, it's, a, it's an IX business model. They, they develop them and they export them. But wow, uh, how sad it will be for this team to be dismantled. Dave, got to ask you a question. Um, how much will Son's reintroduction to the Spurs team for the second leg help? And how much is Harry Kane's uh, injury hurting Spurs um, in the Champions League right now? Um, Spurs, uh, Sun, I mean, obviously is a huge, huge player for Spurs this season. Whenever Harry Kane was injured, it's not the first time that he's out this season. Um, Son has stepped up, he scored over 15 goals and assisted over 10 for them this season. Um, you know, he's that type of player that doesn't seem to be faced by, you know, how big the occasion is. Um, he's stepped up in um, to fill the void left by Harry Kane. Um, and he gives them, you know, a complete new level to their game because um, when he was missing in the first leg, they had Lorente, but Lorente doesn't have the legs, you know, to play that fast counter-attacking game that Spurs want to play at times, you know, when they just um, catch the ball on their own box and play it long towards Son and he can run past the defenders and he's smart enough and composed enough to finish a one-on-one with a goalkeeper. So he will add a massive, massive dimension to this Spurs side. Um, we've seen in the second half of the game where I felt... Um, Spurs were better than in the first half. In the first half, Ajax were almost overrunning them with, with their possession-based style. But in the second half, Spurs were a bit more physical. And um, we've seen that you know, this physical game can threaten the Ajax side, the young Ajax side a bit. So I think he will add a, a definitely um, he will be a massive bonus for the Spurs side. Harry Kane's absence, of course, is still massive. There is rumors that he might return from injury in time. But at this stage, we we can't confirm it. If he was going to be available, it would be a completely different ball game. Uh, based on Son's return and, and possibly a seventy-five percent fit Harry Kane, do you think they can overturn this? 
Um, I don't think so. I mean, even the best Spurs side uh, at this moment, I think Ajax are too strong for them. And we've seen, like I mentioned, um, they've beaten Real Madrid at their own home ground 4-1. They've beaten Juventus at their own home ground 2-1. Um, and they have done it playing beautiful football. Um, they have so much confidence in their style, in their abilities. I don't think they will give it away having come this far. This far. For, uh, for the Liverpool fans out there wondering if it's possible to come back against um, Barcelona, do you think there's a there's a realistic chance of that happening? Um, you know, it's football. Like Jurgen Klopp said, um, there's always a chance for a comeback and we have seen it last year with us, Rome. They lost the first leg for one at the Camp Nou and beat uh, Barcelona 3-0 in the second leg. Um, but once again, I don't think so that um, it will happen again. Barcelona have learned from their mistakes from last season. They have Lionel Messi in absolute superb form. They can rest half of the team on the weekend already, which will be a massive bonus because they've wrapped up the La Liga title. Liverpool still need to play for points, play for a win in the Premier League. They have to play their strongest eleven. while Barca can, in theory, send out the second team and rest everyone for the second leg. I don't think they will give it away. Okay. Fi- final question. Luis Suarez, former Liverpool player. Scores the first one, creates the second one, and celebrates like uh, he's won a World Cup. What was the reaction from the uh, from the Liverpool fans to having an ex-Liverpool modern legend, if you will, uh, uh, celebrate like that? A lot of other players, Ronaldo, for example, doesn't celebrate when he scores against United. What, what, what is your reaction to that? Do you think players who, who move around clubs should be celebrating goals for for their current fans? Um, Liverpool fans were very upset. They were not happy because, obviously, like you say, they consider him a Liverpool legend. He's done a lot for the club. Um, he's been their best goal scorer in recent times. Um, but he said before the game even that he would celebrate. You know, he, he has that mentality where he says, on the pitch, there's no friends, there's no history. Um, I play for Barcelona. I want to win with Barcelona. I want to win the Champions League with Barcelona. Personally, um, I think that's a, that's a good attitude to have. Um, it's something that sets him apart from the rest of the players um, because you can see he's going to give it all for the current club. He's forgetting about the history and everything that was their friendships. You know, he just, you know, he's he's one of those players that want to win by all means. And um, you saw it in the goal. I don't think many other strikers would have got to that ball and, and poked it in against um, one of the best defenses in the, in the world currently. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it uh, from David Keppel bringing us the big game uh, between Barcelona and Liverpool. Also, uh, the game against uh, Ajax Amsterdam up against Tottenham Hotspurs. Liverpool has done it before. I remember back in 2004-2005 season, uh, back there in Istanbul, uh, Liverpool coming back uh, to beat AC Milan, one of the strongest AC Milan teams of all time. A team that consists of the likes of Cafu, Dida, Pilo, uh, Sierra, off uh, players like Kaká, Liverpool, they made it. They won and won the, the, the UEFA Champions League back in 2005. Now, we are wrapping up this um, uh, moment of uh, the, the UEFA Champions League. Hey, my mind is still in the CAF Champions League. Eh? Uh, we are wrapping up the UEFA Champions League. Now, we are moving on to one segment of the show, which is uh, the Premier Soccer League, a game which will be played uh, tomorrow at Athlone Stadium. There's uh, Cape Town City there and Orlando Pirates. And now I need to introduce Mr. Ubiva now. So he's right here with us. Ubiva, uh, welcome to Sokala Duma Radio. Uh, thank you, Shane, and uh, good afternoon to you and to the listeners of Sokala Duma Radio. 
Yeah, but Beaver, there's a big game tomorrow at Athlone Stadium. A big, big game for both teams. Coach, um, Coach Benny McCarthy, he's also made some comments in the media uh, throughout the week that he's ready for this team. His players are ready, but uh, he's without some of his most influential players uh, leading up into uh, to, to this game. And their last game, which they played, they played against Chippa United, which they won. Uh, some many people saying that they got uh, six points in one game uh, or six points in one day. Uh, now, uh, they're coming up a, a fired up Orlando Paris team which is chasing for the league title how do you see this game panning out well Shane this is gonna be a very a very very difficult game for Pirates you know because one they are playing away and two they are playing a Cape Town City team that is coached by their legend uh, Benny McCarthy and surely he would want to get one over Pirates but then again looking at both teams how balanced they are and how how they play and looking at their past three games, I would think that Pirates will eventually win the game, even though it's not going to be easy. Yeah. All right, uh, Budbiva, I uh, will come back to you shortly. We also had a chat with uh, one of Orlando Pirates' prominent supporters, that is Dejan. Uh, this is how our interview with him went. Sokala Duma Radio. And ladies and gentlemen, on the line we've got Dejan. He's one of the Orlando Pirates' prominent supporters since back then. I can't remember even when I was born. When I was born, this guy was still an Orlando Pirates fan. But on the line right now, we've got Dejan. Dejan, welcome to Sokala Duma Radio. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks yourself. Everything okay, my brother. Nice to hear from you again. My brother, I hope with that now that I'm talking to you, you are not in Johannesburg, you are in Cape Town because your team is playing tomorrow against Cape Town City. How is your mood? How, how, how is the mood uh, with you, the supporters? No, the mood is fantastic. You know, the supporters are preparing themselves. Obviously, you know, the, all the branches, uh, they come over to see that match because uh, that match is very important for the Pirates and that match, he will take the Pirates uh, to be the champion if they win, you know. And as I'm, t- as I'm talking to you, you know, the supporters are coming from the, all over the country, you know. Even I have the information that the supporters from the Botswana, <clears throat> they also, they arrive in the Cape Town and they're going to be there in the big number making sure supporting Pirates and uh, making sure that uh, end of the day become victorious uh, as a team and uh, uh, please all the supporters because without the supporters it's not a game you know and make them happy uh, clinching and uh, making sure that they can be able to to, to lift uh, lift uh, the the title and uh, be the champion of the PSL. Dejan, the last time your team uh, came to Cape Town, you came down back to Johannesburg. You were a little bit disappointed. Um, what are you hoping will be the change this time around against Cape Town City, especially now that you are chasing the league title? Look, it's not easy to play in the Cape Town. You know, the Cape Town City is a big opponent for the Pirates and, and uh, look it's, it's nothing big for the Pirates actually to be honest with you Pirates he can uh, destroy and uh, punish anybody he plays with but a uh, little bit difficult you know the, the, the attitude the weather of the Cape Town you know this is the, what they actually Pirates have to climatize but this time around they, they know it themselves and all the players and this and it doesn't have to be any motivation from the from the technical uh, department, technical team, because the the players themselves they know exactly what you have to be done. That that is the way how they can be able to win the the championship. <clears throat> 
and make a draw only with a win in the capital. That is a take them to win the championship because the last game <coughs> in Orlando against the Polokwane City, that is going to be the the, the 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 easy game for the for the for the what you call for the Pirates, making sure themselves that uh, the title is going to be belongs to to us to the Orlando Pirates. Now, Dejan, there's been a story about one exciting player from your rivals, Kaiser Chiefs, Pule Hendrik Ekstein. I'm sure you know about him. There's a rumor now linking that particular player to your team, Orlando Pirates. How would you, as Orlando Pirates fan, welcome Pule Ekstein? Should he join your team? How are you feeling with this whole story linking Pule Ekstein to Orlando Pirates? Look, uh, depends on what Pula Ekstein discuss with the Pirates, if he discuss anything, you know. But let's uh, let's be honest, you know. Uh, if we, if the club uh, needs the Pula Ekstein and they wanted him, obviously, uh, I don't know where he's going to go or whatever, but I'm just so, uh, talking because we're talking about the Pirates and the links that the, 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 the Pirates is interested in him. Let's ever see... Uh, what is going to happen because also as well you must remember that uh, Paris has got uh, <clears throat> many players uh, which they play on that position so the question is the one also as well we have to check it and look how many uh, players Paris they're going to release on the end of the season and what is going to be happen can the pool action really play in the first 11 of the Pirates or not that is another question so it's not going to be that easy you know but if the pool action is coming to the Pirates and is sure that he's going to play then it's fine you know then 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 it's great uh, let's wait and ever see what it can be happen sure um Dijan, do you know Joaha? yes I do do you know Mama Joy yes I do when you and Mama Joy and Joaha are sitting down discussing the players for Orlando Paris, do you discuss the name Pule Ekstein? Look, to be honest now, because lately I cannot be able to say to you because we didn't discuss, and especially now, uh, what is going to happen because you know now the, it's the end of the season so we didn't really discuss uh, what is going to happen did Pula Ekstein is coming to the Pirates or not what is going to happen and how it's going to happen you know what I'm trying to say sure okay yes that is it now now you personally as Dijen will you yeah. love Pula Ekstein to join Alano Pirates I don't have the problem with that uh, myself if the club is interesting and they want to bring the Pula Ekstein to come and play in the Pirates then it's fine it's great but uh, if not then uh, good luck to the Pula Ekstein wherever he's going you know do you love him? <laughs> it's my friend <laughs> why not uh, he doesn't, I don't have nothing against him and he never did anything to me but it's my friend I've been with him a couple of times together on, on the some turn, on his own tournaments and uh, kind of the things like that sometimes I meet him in this yeah I know you've sat down with him you've had a couple of drinks with him but if Dr. Ivan Koza were to ask you now Dejan do you want me to sign Pule Ekstein what would you tell Dr. Ivan Koza I will definitely tell him sign him Signing because I can see that because if the doctor having cause I asked me that question, then obviously he's interested and he wanted him there. So I don't have nothing against it. You know what I'm trying to say. All right. All right. I will have to let you go, uh, Dejan. Uh, thank you so much for your time and good luck for your game uh, tomorrow against Cape Town City. Thank you very much, my brother. Three points for Pirates. Pirates is a new champion. Stop, stop. Thank you. Bye. Soccer Duma Radio. 
right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Dejan. He's saying three points for the Pirates. He's saying league champion uh, for the Pirates. Now, okay, we are done with this uh, Orlando Pirates game, uh, Cape Town City. Now, Clint, what did you make of Dejan? He's ducking and diving with my questions to him uh, regarding Pule Extin. Yeah, look, I, I don't think... Um I don't think any of the supporters want to get in trouble with their club in terms of telling them who they must and mustn't sign, if we're honest, because uh, sometimes uh, the official number one supporters uh, possibly find, find themselves in a, in a spot of bother with the club. But I think whether you, if you're a pirate, Sundowns or Chiefs, when they're exciting players that become available, your club wants them. Sure. Um, and certainly, I think for a Pirates uh, supporter, any signing that they can bring from Chiefs to Pirates is a massive coup. Because that's a, that's a, a road seldom crossed um, by a player. So it remains to be seen. From what I understand, I believe that Orlando Pirates is winning the uh, the race for the signature. But um, you never know until until the, the ink is dry on the paper as to what's really happening. Yeah. All right, uh, Bulbiva. This, as we said earlier, it's a big game. Pirates versus Cape Town City. There's uh, more of other games that are playing. There's also, uh, if you remember correctly, on Sunday, it is the end of the NFD, last games of the National First Division. But this game, Pirates versus Cape Town City, one last word about this game. Look, um, it, it, it's quite an interesting game, but again, um, Pirates has got um, players like Happy Jele, Musa Nyatama, Wayne Sunderlands, Ben Mutsuari, I mean, and others who've been who have been in these situations before and they know how to handle such situations. So, again, I'm saying that um, Pirates are going to win this game. And by winning this game, they will be winning the league. Clint? Yeah, you know what? I, I just don't think Benny McCarthy is... Um, he never was a player who respected a club's badge or their, uh, their history. Sure. We saw that when he scored uh, twice against Man United for Porto and knocked them out of the Champions League. Um, and as a coach, he hasn't shown much respect for uh, for tradition or, or, or big name status either. We've seen what he's done against the big clubs in South Africa, and I think um, that that's the most dangerous part about Benny McCarthy. He's on a mission to prove himself as one of the best young South African coaches in the country, and he would love to get the CV of Srodojevic on his win uh, on, on his win card, and would love to get an Orlando Pirates sculpt on his win card. Uh, regardless of uh, the fact that he's played, or there, there will be, he will be, he will do what Suarez did to Liverpool and celebrate a victory against Pirates <laughs> by running around uh, the stadium and making sure that he doesn't push anyone's mothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that is Clint Roper and Mr. Ubivanazo telling us more about this big game tomorrow at Athlone Stadium at three o'clock. That is Cape Town City taking on Orlando Pirates. Ladies and gentlemen, we also had a voice note from Upinki and also Utembi Khachane about this IAAF ruling uh, with regards to Ukastas but because of time, uh, we couldn't play their voice notes today. Uh, make sure you will be tuned in on Wednesday when we are having the big issue on the side. Uh, we'll be discussing this IWF uh, uh, issue uh, with Ukasta uh, Semenya. Uh, yeah. All right, gentlemen, one final word before we close the show. Yes, I think, so. firstly, to everyone who's tuned in and listens to us and to everyone who downloads the Sokoluduma podcast, thank you for doing that. Um, it's a new platform, it's a young platform, and it's an exciting platform, and, and it's great to be involved. And uh, any feedback uh, that we can get, whether that be via the social channels or just emailing us at editor at to improve the, the offerings, we'd love to hear that. 
Remember that a lot of our show is um, is a springboard from what happens in the paper on a weekly basis. And while there are many print publications out there dying, Soccer Duma remains one of the biggest in the country. This edition in particular is massive. We've got Eckstein uh, pouring his heart out about uh, Kaiser Chiefs and what and what happened, his side of the story. Sure. Um, we've got Darren Keat. Um, this should be a Days of the Lives uh, issue because there's so much drama in here. But we've got Darren Keat, who's out of contract, hasn't signed. Well, he's coming out of contract, but has said that Mamelodi Sundowns has contacted him. Orlando Pirates has contacted him. But here's a big one. Kaiser Chiefs have been in contact. Oh. What does that mean for Itumalang Kune? One has to ask. So th- those are the kind of questions. But go and read that uh, that interview. There's also Tusupala on the back, who's talking about uh, the next stage of his career. An emotional, uh, very, very emotional interview. And of course, Sierra Borza, which is, is alone worth the cover price of the, of the newspaper. All the hottest Sierra Borza in the country. So if you haven't got this week's edition, go get it. Um, and uh, we'll do our best to keep on bringing you the best sto- soccer stories in South Africa. All right, folks. Uh, I think that should be it for today's show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, for those of who just join in, you can download uh, the issue just after this live episode. From me, myself, Ole to Matoyane, and also my producer, there, Simon Schiller, uh, we thank you so much for listening, and it is goodbye for us. Sokala Duma Radio. Sokala Duma Radio. 